Hello! In this episode of the podcast, I talk with Edbound, a fellow brick filmer. I'll leave a link to all his stuff in the description if you want to check his stuff out if you haven't already. Uh, he also mentioned that his birthday is today, well, the day of the podcast being released, so uh, happy birthday, Edbound. But um, anyways, uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Nothing But Bricks. Uh, welcome to episode 15 of the Nothing But Bricks podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Edbound. Welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going? Going good. Um, so to start off, uh, I, well, we've talked about it already, cut out again, but uh, well, cut out before. Uh, but um, what inspired you to uh, kind of uh, adopt the style that you're using for your videos? Uh, it's gonna be weird kind of repeating this, but it's like, um, I remember when I was getting started on this channel and something I would notice about other brick films is that during dialogue scenes, um, well, first of all, a lot of brick films typically only have dialogue scenes, uh, and they don't really, at least in in that time, maybe I wasn't looking far enough, but. Uh, quite a few brick films I found had a lot of dialogue scenes where just people would be standing still and talking while they had the voiceover playing. And I remember watching this and thinking, this is not really, you know, keeping my attention very well. I think there's not enough visual stimulation um, on a lot of these things. So something I wa- that's something I wanted to avoid when making my own videos. I always wanted to have somebody moving and moving quickly as well. Uh, and I think I got kind of like that quick movement sort of like look from the lego movie um but i never really thought of it as like a style or something unique because i'm pretty sure i saw it in quite a few other things if anything it follows like cartoony physics and you know it's a cartoon um at the end of the day these brick films you can be serious with them but you can also like have fun with the animation and you don't have to make them move like realistically i think a lot of people feel like smooth movement like like smooth is the be-all end-all, but that's not necessarily true, especially because a lot of smooth movement doesn't really convey weight and momentum very well. Uh, And also just like learning more about animation, you know, like the 12 principles, for example, um, it teaches you a lot about like momentum, weight shifting, and like just general physics in general and how people move. You know, it's not all just like one smooth motion, you know, there's like different moments in an arc or an emotion where you move quicker because you're gaining momentum and by the end of the movement you're usually kind of like you you kind of stay still but you're kind of bouncing a bit you know like move if you move your arm really fast you'll notice that at the end of the arm motion the arm swinging like i mean like if you actually move your arm like right now like i'm doing it right now you'll notice that like you know when you end it it kind of shakes a bit and that's something i wanted to incorporate into my animation too when uh when a character's pose was finished i wanted to make them bounce a tiny bit and that kind of gave like a nice satisfying look to it so i'm like hmm, i like this so i just kept doing it and people seem to like it too cool yeah i never really thought about the like um like i i would use easing in and easing out and stuff but i never really thought about like uh like thinking about um like how real life movements can uh contribute to how you would animate things so that's pretty cool but um you're saying before how um you found like still movements and things during like dialogue and things like that uh, quite boring to be watching in brick films but um do you think that would also contribute to like the the um amount of color 
colorful pieces and things that you use in your sets when you're making your videos? Uh, I think all the colors and the vibrance, I think that might just be a personal taste of mine. Because I really like, it might just be because I grew up on Nintendo games. So I kind of gravitate towards like the very nice bright reds and blues, especially the sky. Um, I'm a big fan of blue skies. So I like kind of incorporating that into my animations as well. When they're nice, colorful, and vibrant. And they give off like a, a glow almost. Uh, so it might not just it might not be like I don't like dull colors because I think dull colors do have their time and place in particular settings. You know, like the world isn't always nice and bright. But I don't particularly think that colors or anything were inspired by watching other people's films. I think that's legitimately just like a personal preference. I usually turn up the vibrancy or the uh, or the color intensity a little bit higher. Especially like when I'm watching like it also comes from like watching Spider-Man, I think. Um I really like it when when like or like just like, you know, Marvel comics. Something I really like about Marvel comics is that the colors are very bright. You know, Spider-Man's red is very red, Hulk's green is very green. And I think that's that I always thought that was something kind of kind of like appealing to look at. And especially if you mix it with Lego, which is already kind of like a you know, a cartoony looking aesthetic. Um, I think that also works pretty well together. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting, yeah. Um, so um, what kind of, like, genre of uh, brick films would you enjoy watching, um, like, comedy or uh, action, or is there any particular type you'd gravitate towards? Uh, I don't really... This is probably not a great thing to do as a brick film, but I don't really tend to seek out brick films uh most of the time people actually send me their brick films and i like watching them if i have the time to um but something i do think i gravitate more towards is you know things with a bit more innovative like animation uh people like doing creative styles where they have nice moving camera shots um and really well choreographed scenes but given lego's Given like a, I guess the brick filming scene, there's like there's like a lot of people who are still new to it, right? Um, so you're not always gonna get that, uh, and that's also one of one of the reasons why I like making so many action scenes in my films is because I feel like the action scenes we do get from like the from like the much bigger and more experienced animators they're kind of few and far between. I remember when I was starting out, I wanted to make it so that way there's a lot of action uh, that was kind of not constantly being put out, but like, you know, being put out at a solid base because I think when I was starting out, like the, the animators who I think would make like the most interesting set pieces and innovative animations were like, you know, the obvious picks like Forest Fire, uh, Keshin, Akash, Lego Productions. Um, and, you know, you'd watch these brick films and think, wow, these characters are flying. These characters are doing these crazy acrobatics and we kind of don't really get enough of that like i think like another example of that would be lego the force unleashed by fancy pants but i don't think he's very active anymore and you know that's something that's one of the reasons why i mix like stuff that has a lot of like spider-man for example there's not a lot of there's not a lot of brick films where you can see spider-man swinging around and really moving like how he moves in like the movies and stuff i think that's one of the reasons why I like animating him so much is because he's such a unique character and such an interesting character to watch in action. But we don't really get a lot of that in brick films. Um, I don't really mind if it's like a comedy or an action or like a war film or something. 
Um, I kind of just prefer if there's a lot of nice innovative use of Lego animation. There's also stuff like uh, like Filmy Guy. His name is Digital Wizard Studios now. But I remember watching his Lego Spider-Man Brickham. It's very short, but it's still very fun to watch. Um, just because of how much he's swinging, how much he's you know parkouring. And I think that's the kind of the stuff that I really gravitate towards the most is just watching like really nice, uh, energetic kinetic animation, which can be done in any any genre. doesn't doesn't have to be doesn't have to be limited to just action break films. There's definitely comedy films that can do it. You know, like a nice little chase scene or something. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's definitely an interesting way of uh, looking at things. Like, um, it's more so like how they go about like the different aspects of. Um, production and things uh, cool yeah um so um notice in more of your recent videos that you started using uh mouth animations but i was wondering um what your plans were for like interpreting uh those more into your videos um i started using mouth animation specifically with spider-man noir because i feel like now, it's not, like, the most serious story. It's, you know, it's still a comic book story. But I do want it to have some level of impact. Uh, and I think adding the mouth movements can kind of add that extra level of dynamicism and dimension. Um, that can kind of help with that. Although it's not always perfect. I got to say, I'm still, I'm definitely still, like, trying to figure out how to make it look great. It doesn't always look great. Uh, but I think it definitely adds, like, such a huge layer of time. Like, it definitely, it essentially doubles the work. Because, you know, you take the frame once and then you have to go and post and completely re-edit the frame with the, mouse, with the mouth movement. And you have to make sure it looks right and it flows properly with the rest of the sequence. Um, so it's not something I want to do a whole ton because I also want these videos to still have, to still be coming out uh, relatively consistently. Like at least maybe a couple every month. I, it's definitely gone down a lot since the pandemic and there's been a myriad of reasons why um on the on like on a more personal end uh but with mouth movements i don't think they're always necessary i think with con it, i think it depends on like the kind of mood you're going for so like you know most of my brick films are comedies and i think there's like you know you can have a lot of fun bits with like a still lego face but it can still convey a lot of emotion um even if it's not moving like especially with comedy i think there's that whole like say for example, you know you have like a like an axe murderer or something, but like he has that goofy Lego smiley face. So you can imagine a scene where like maybe he's like violently murdering people or whatever, but like the camera zooms in on his blank expressions, uh, expressionless face, and yet despite the face being blank and expressionless, it carries a lot of that emotion. It kind of carries that sort of like uh, unfeeling sociopathic killer vibe. I mean he's a, he's an axe murderer. Um, and you can kind of get, like, some comedy with that. But, you know, I think, like, it's not always necessary to have mouth movements. But with Spider-Man War in particular, I do want to incorporate it. Because with that story, I think I'm, I'm trying to go for, like, a, a very specific type of atmosphere. And without the mouth movements, they kind of just look like Lego pieces. And he kind of... I don't know if it, if it would take most people out of it. But it... I remember watching it without the mouth movements and it did take me out of it. So I was like, all right, I got to put some mouth movements to this. You were explaining before how like um, an axe murderer and things like you know, like you'd still feel the emotions that they're showing without them 
showing facial expressions and things but um would you say that would come from like in your videos you'd have voice acting uh in it would, would you say the emotions that the characters are showing would come from the voice acting or come from like the context of the video well in the particular case of the axe murderer i doubt that the axe murderer would be saying anything um it would kind of just be like you know you're watching them you know do their axe murdering and the framing of the camera and the framing of the whole axe murderer is like really focused on his goofy blank smiling face um and i guess in that sense you know the emotion would come from the context of what's going on but also just how the particular like you know the the like how is this framed so if you're zooming in on his face while he's axe murdering and all he has is a blank expression you kind of get a sense for what's going on in their head um despite there being like no actual facial recognition it, like you know it's, in that sense it'd be it'd be that's a very specific example probably not the best one but like in that sense you probably get the feeling that they're like soulless um they have that blank look in their eye while they're killing people it's like it, it probably conveys exactly what you want it to convey <laughs> i'm trying to think of a of a better example let me go through my videos real quick because i feel like i've done this at some point i think it might have been in that they scream for they do not know video or I think it might be the McDonald's Hell video where they only where I only use the smiley faces in that video. Um, but I try to use a lot of close-ups and zoom-in shots of these characters' faces after they've been told something or after they've discovered something to sort of like get some type of idea for what's going on in their head. You don't really have to make them say anything, but you know, if a character discovers something new and you kind of just focus on their facial expression, even if it's a blank facial expression, you'll still be able to get a lot of emotion out of it. You're kind of like um, you're kind of trying to make the audience see like the wheels turn in their head. Uh, at least that's what I feel like I'm trying to do when I do something like that. Cool. Um, right. So it's like a subtle kind of camera movements and things that would uh, help to convey certain uh, vibes, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think it's like the audience is filling in the blank uh, in that particular instant. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Um, so, uh, you mentioned before about how you were uh, planning on making a strong doctor movie based off the the uh, video that you put out a, a good while ago now. But um, are you still interested in making that? Do you think? Uh, we are interested. We wanted like do something interesting with that and like make a feature, but that was also before the pandemic hit. Um, and realistically speaking, like the pandemic, I had a lot of, like, I had a lot of different ideas for 2020. Uh, but when the pandemic hit, it legit, like, it felt like it really swept the rug under a lot of these things because, um, to be more frank, a lot of, when the pandemic hit, my, my week, my schedule and everything it just changed. Uh, before the pandemic, it was a lot easier to make these films because my days were so like, my weeks were a lot more varied, you know, I'd be able to work on my animations and still enjoy them as if they were just like a normal like a nine to five or something but you know something that i enjoyed uh and then i'd be able to take my the rest of my time you know to respond to messages or hang out with my friends or see my girlfriend or something like that but ever since the pandemic hit um i also moved like to toronto right two weeks before the pandemic hit uh so i'm living alone with a roommate but i haven't really been you know interacting with my roommate a lot because 
don't want to catch COVID, which is actually pretty unfortunate because my roommate actually did catch COVID on New Year's Eve. And I think if I wasn't, you know, making all these precautions, I probably, I probably would have caught it too. Uh, but with the pandemic, a lot of my ideas that I wanted to make, I kind of just suddenly had no real appetite to make a lot of them because it's kind of difficult when, you know, the days are just kind of like the same every time, you know, you wake up, uh, you kind of know that for the entire day, you're kind of just going to be in your room. You know, I would go out, like I would go for a walk or something, but there'd also be a lot of people out there because I live in the city. And a lot of people aren't taking this seriously. Um, and that's really frustrating to see, especially when you see the case numbers go all the way up to like 4,000, 5,000 a day. When they're only, in August, there were like, I, I don't mean to like, you know, talk too much about the pandemic because I know it's affecting everybody. Um, I don't want to get like political, but like it definitely has had a major impact on my channel and how I work. Um, because there have been legitimately some days where I just don't want to get out of bed. You know, it's kind of hard to motivate myself to to get to it. Um, as much as I still enjoy making videos and as much as I still, like, you know, enjoy releasing them and seeing what people have to say and seeing how people enjoy them, the, the actual labor itself has become a lot more intensive um, when it's literally the only thing that has that is going on in my life at this point. I think, you know, in people's lives, you need a lot of variation to keep things fresh. Um, and the pandemic essentially stripped, that, stripped a lot of that away. I can't see my friends. I haven't seen my friends since the summer. I only saw them once this entire pandemic. Um, and that was still like, you know, we can't really see each other, see each other because we have to be like, you know, socially distant and wear masks. So we can't really hang out. Um, uh, since, my, since my roommate tested positive, uh, I have not seen my girlfriend once. And it's been, it's been really difficult. I haven't seen my family very often my my sister had a niece and I've, i haven't been able to see her um and that sucks you know missing out on a lot of these huge events and i also feel like it sucks because i just turned 21 i'm about to turn 22 tomorrow actually uh but these are like you know i moved to the city i was ready to have like this fun uh city life young adult life and it was essentially just kind of robbed and that kind of like you know put a huge damper on things and it made it difficult um so because of that, a lot of my ideas that I had for this year kind of just didn't happen, and uh, it sucks. But you know, until things can really get better, I don't really, I don't really have any plans. I kind of just, I kind of just kind of do what I got to do. That like you know, just try and make things that can make myself happy in the meantime to wait it out. Um, in terms of videos and stuff, like right now I'm making a video that's uh, about Spider-Man. <laughs> I like making Spider-Man videos, like I said before, because I really like animating him. Um, and I really like, you know, making him move, swing around the city and fight his enemies doing all those billions of flips and stuff. It's why I make so many Spider-Man videos. Uh, just because I think he's probably the most fun, like, I have when I'm animating. Like, when I'm animating him doing his thing. Um, watching it all come together. It's a legitimately satisfying and fulfilling experience. Oh, well, um, I'm sorry to hear you're having a rough time anyway. But hopefully things are going to be looking up for everybody anyway This uh, as the year goes on it's hard yeah it's, it's hard to even complain about it because i feel like i'm kind of also privileged like i get to stay home right i get to actually be safe um a lot of people don't have that luxury uh, a lot of people are very like they're not secure right now so it's it's also one of those things where like you feel a guilt for even thinking these things because it's almost like it's not fair you know yeah um yeah i well from personal experience anyway well um, i mean my own opinion would be like uh 
everyone has their own like um difficulties with it so you know when people do want to talk about it i i'd be totally fine to like talk to another person about what their struggles would be and then kind of um you know um i suppose like empathize with whoever needs to feel like they need to be empathized uh with but um i appreciate that you're willing to share your own um experiences on here anyway well thank you for listening i mean you know we've all we're all going through it yeah definitely um yeah um hmm. yeah um I, I hope i didn't derail the entire conversation because it kind of did get a little bit salty there i don't it's kind of it's hard it's hard you know it's one of those things where it has such a big impact but it's like how can you talk about this without completely derailing a conversation yeah i i get that but it, it's fine <laughs> but um do you want to continue talking about brick films or do you want to yeah keep... yeah we can we can we, no we can definitely continue talking about brick films you know that's just i just wanted to answer like the, the the previous question in like a truthful manner because a lot of people do ask, like, what's happened to Strong Doctor? What's happened to this? What's happened to that? And the truth is just, just you know, had plans. And right now we just got to put them on hold. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I said before, anyway, hopefully this year is a lot more, uh, like, of an, uh, a lot more of an upbeat kind of year for people. But uh, moving on to the the, uh, the next question. Um, so um, I would see the... The brick filming community is kind of a like a, a safe space to show off like content and things um but um how, how have you find found uh the community's like response to videos and things personally for me it's been pretty positive um i don't you know like one thing that i don't quite experience is like hate <laughs> which is i'm very thankful for you know every now and then you do get a comment like hey where's this or where's that um or like oh you did this how dare you kind of thing and it's like i it's one of those you know it's one of those things where you don't know how to respond to a particular question or comment um but for the most part i've had like a pretty positive experience um but i think that is also like a very unique experience because i have seen people be really like rude to each other and bad to each other here too uh, something that I noticed is that there's a lot of people who really hate it when they think a smaller creator copies somebody else. And this was something that's always been true. Because I remember when I was younger, um, in like the 2010s, like the early 2010s, uh, you know, Forest Fire was like one of the biggest creators at the time. And this was when he was like a lot more active as well. Um, and if you made a Lego Batman brick film, you are going to get called a Forest Fire copier and people will hate you for it. <laughs> And this is not something just like this happened to me, but it also happened to a lot of people. And there's now something that I'm noticing that uh, whenever I watch like, you know, other brick filmers, like I try to go, you know, um, into more obscure brick filmers or newer brick filmers, I would see in the comment section, this is like you're ripping off Edbound or something. And I'm like, huh, this is kind of like not the, I mean, I never really saw it that way. You know, maybe, maybe some things can be a bit similar um and some things do align but at the end of the day right like everything that we make is influenced by the stuff we've seen um and it's just kind of been transformed in one way or another maybe some of the new creators uh i think maybe they haven't had enough influences um to really like you know refine a, 
certain taste so it can feel a little samey to others but i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like who, who really cares if it's copying or whatever this is a youtube video like it's not like anybody's it's not like the most serious thing in the world um and even if somebody is copying me or whatever like word for word i don't mind it's just like uh, i'm i'm over here sitting like i'm at 125,000 ish subscribers um so if somebody is inspired enough to make something that's similar to what i make like that's not like taking away anything from me it's not uh it's not like an issue so i don't understand why a lot of like other people have an issue with it um themselves it's again it's one of those things that's always been around uh and if you think you're like you know if you're getting called like a copier or whatever just just keep making what you're making you know don't listen to uh the the haters Ugh. i don't really like using that term that much but I wonder, you know, don't is that something that you find a lot of people like talk about, you know, people copying people? Um, I haven't really come across it much, but uh, like it wasn't like uh, well, I I uh took part in uh the Slack competition that that just uh ended like a, a couple of days ago, and uh, uh the the way that my brother like my brother and sister wrote uh the video and then I animated it, but um, it was basically like. Uh, kind of similar to yours because uh, we both like took it as like changes in like coins uh so uh so like it wasn't a hate comment or anything but someone was saying like oh this is kind of similar to edban's uh interpretation <laughs> of the, the theme i mean we didn't talk to each other at all during the thack i don't think anybody talks to each other during that because everybody's so busy making their thack entry so it'd kind of be impossible to even know but Hey man, that's the thing, right? I think it's kind of like it, now it's not hard for me to be in this position where everybody says, "Oh man, you copied this guy." But it's like seeing another guy make something that, and you know, they made it. They made it just because they wanted to make it, and seeing in the comment section like, "Oh, you copied off of Edbound," it kind of puts me in a weird spot, personally speaking, because it's like I don't think they did. I think they just kind of wanted to make something, and now I feel like I'm kind of responsible for ruining somebody else's day, in a sense. Like, it's hard not to feel like that sort of, like, weird guilt, I guess, from that. But, you know, I think that's probably, like, that's probably the worst I've experienced. And it's not even that bad. You know, it's not that bad of an experience. So, overall, I think the Brick Home community is pretty all right. Um, a lot of great, talented animators who I think haven't gone the spotlight that they should have. Because, uh, you know, YouTube is weird. YouTube is one of those things where it's like the only way you can really survive and thrive off of it is if you're constantly making stuff. And the truth is a lot of people don't have time to be constantly making stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people are in school. A lot of people have their own jobs. I got really lucky, I think, because I was able to like, I dropped out of school, out of film school because I didn't think it was for me. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. And I was looking at the industry and I'm like thinking to myself, I do not want to be in this industry. It feels like they're prioritizing the worst aspects of of like of like filmmaking and i don't really want to be a part of that so i was pretty lucky that i was able to have a few months to myself to kind of work on the channel and suddenly things are starting kicking off and i was able to just ride that momentum um but a lot of people don't get that you know well i was actually just uh talking in in the last episode of the podcast uh with my older sister about like how the the youtube algorithm keeps like rewarding um like the long like uh, whoever can make the longest video gets pushed further on the the algorithms kind of uh mm -hmm. thingy -majigy. so whoever can make 
like whoever can stretch out their content the the longest is uh, the most rewarded, and it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, especially with animation, you can't really expect to be doing that. Uh, I mean, there is, you know, you can kind of trick it. I I think is is if like is if you make a lot of stuff um, pretty consistently, and I think that's how I was able to manipulate the algorithm in some sense to my to my favor like you know posting every monday and not missing uh, a monday was a huge help because people like knowing when there's going to be another video for one thing which makes them more likely to subscribe um and youtube also i think notices that if you're being consistent uh because you're essentially getting more watch time right but that's the thing not everybody has a week to make a video especially like a decently long one or two minute video so it's legitimately like I think it is very difficult for brick filmers in general to kind of get off the ground on this platform because of that. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed that myself anyway. But um, that uh, like when I started the podcast, I was trying to do it like weekly, and then uh, I had to take like short breaks in between for uh, different like reasons, but uh. Uh, one of the times that I did, like the most recent one, got a, way more attention than I was expecting. And then um, I had to take another break and I, that kind of affected uh, YouTube's like recommendation system or something. And then when I uploaded the most recent podcast before this one, it didn't do uh, anywhere near as well as uh, the one before it because of that. Yeah, I compared a lot to like juggling a ball or like if you're hitting a balloon in the air and trying to keep it off the ground. Um, if it hits the ground, you're going to be in a tough spot because it's like you lose momentum and you have to gain it all back. There has definitely been moments I noticed where like, you know, I would take a little bit longer to make a video like Spider-Man Nord 2, for example. Um, and you know, you see the analytics and like, you know, taking a break or taking or like not adhering to your schedule, it really can kneecap your channel. Um, and you know, you even see it with like, like, uh, even with like Forest Fires videos, for example. And I, I'm, I've been saying his name a lot in this podcast, but that's it's hard. I don't, I mean, I, don't, I think he's doing pretty well for himself right now. Um, he's been streaming a lot lately, but like, you know, you take way too long, or like you take a, a long break in between projects, and suddenly you're, you're the people who were once subscribed to you kind of forgot that they were subscribed to you. Uh, and that can really affect how your channel is doing until you kind of rebuild that momentum back up. YouTube is very fickle, I think. And you shouldn't uh, equate views to how talented you are because that's just not the case. Or like how good you are. I don't think like, you know, equating views to your self-worth as a creator is a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, if you're not getting very many views, don't get discouraged. You know, it doesn't mean you're not good at animating. It just means that you're probably not, uh, your momentum isn't, like, you, you haven't built enough momentum. If you've been making a lot of stuff um, consistently and you feel like you're still not getting it, just keep going. You gotta, you know, you gotta keep going until eventually, you know, one of them gets off the ground. And if you've made a lot of stuff by then, that's probably a good thing because anybody who clicks on whatever video is getting attention, they might look around and see, oh, this guy has a lot of videos, meaning they're probably going to make even more. Which means I would want to be here for that. I'm going to subscribe. You know, having a lot, of, having a lot of videos is a good thing. I totally agree with like um, 
like keeping that momentum going is is a big part of like keeping the the um keeping the like algorithm on your side kind of yeah yeah i've i've definitely uh been frustrated as well uh when a video wouldn't uh do as well because uh, of the algorithm again like um compared to other videos like i'd, I'd end up comparing it to uh other like view counts that i would have gotten on like uh, the highest view count that i would have ever gotten and then thinking like oh but it's not this so that means that people didn't like it or something i don't think that's the case <laughs> yeah because i'm looking at the stuff i make on one second sorry about that um so you were just talking about how like view counts and how it can be kind of discouraging to see that your new video or a video that you might have worked on isn't doing as well as a previous video. Yeah. Um, and it's like one of those things where it's like, well, you look at a lot of people's videos, a lot of talented animators videos, and you see that their most viewed video is typically some 13 second like meme posts, you know? And oftentimes their best work, the, the work that they actually like, you know, work on for like months and months on end and like they labor over it. It's probably not as well, you know, received view wise. And that's kind of just the nature of YouTube. Uh, and the internet in general, honestly, you know, you have the, the memes um, and, like, you know, the the popular stuff. That usually gets brought to the forefront. For example, my Sonic video, my Sonic movie in three minutes, that's my most viewed video on my channel. But that is nowhere near my favorite video that I've made. Uh, that's But you kind of just got to deal with that reality that we kind of just live in this sort of, you know, everybody likes watching Sonic or everybody likes looking at these memes and stuff. And that will typically be what's pushed to the forefront. Uh, the thing that you don't work on as much uh like one of my favorite videos i think is chef versus samurai but i worked like a month on that video and it got a decent amount of views i'm pretty happy with how how it did um but the next day like overnight i made epic customer service and that literally only took me a night to make and yet that video has doubled the view count of chef versus samurai and it's just like all right so you can't equate hard work dedication and like skill to views because that's just not how it is Okay, it doesn't have double its view count, but it has a lot more views. So you can't really look at views as like the be-all end-all, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll, I'll definitely have to keep that in mind going forward. Um, I will say it's very easy, though. It's very easy to to not feel that, you know? It's very easy to equate views to your self-worth, and it's also very easy to feel very discouraged if something underperforms. Like, that hurts. It actually does hurt. I can, I like, I like, you know, if you spend a lot of time on something and it doesn't do as well as you want it to, it feels like, it doesn't necessarily feel like a waste of time, but it does feel like, like something like, like, you know, something that you can't really get back, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it can be, it can be legitimately like, it, it can actually like, you know, it, it can actually get to you. And that's why I don't blame people for thinking that views mean everything either, because, you know, it's like a tangible value or measurement that's being placed on your content. Ugh, I don't like that word either, content, but being placed on your video. I think it's because I grew up in, in a term or, uh, in the YouTube era where we all said videos. I just don't <laughs> like what the new people are saying. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, right, yeah, that, that's a very um, important thing that uh, a lot of people, I think, um, kind of fail to remember when like it's like you're saying like it's easy to um end up thinking that, like um 
the views determine how good something is, but then it's also like um, just takes uh, a bit more time than someone might think to build up an audience. Mm-hmm. And you can never look at like, you know, somebody who started later than you and is doing better than you because a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is circumstances. Um, everybody goes at their own pace. Yep, definitely. Um, but uh, moving on to uh, another question that I, I have written down. Um, are there any movies or TV shows or games that you would like to see Lego make into a Lego set? Team Fortress 2, actually. Uh, I would love to make Team Fortress 2 animations because that is a game I've spent literally like probably 50% of my life on. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But I spent like a lot of high school playing Team Fortress 2 um, when I should have been out socializing. But you know what? I was really into playing Team Fortress 2. So I would love to see Team Fortress 2 Lego set. I would love to see... Uh, this might be all video games, actually. But this is, this is never going to happen. But if it's not obvious, I'm a huge fan of Earthbound. It's one of my favorite games. Mother 3 is my favorite game ever, which is in the Earthbound series. Um, I would like to see a Lego set because I would like to also make some Earthbound animations, but that's literally never going to happen. I can 100% confidently say that will never, ever happen, at least not in my lifetime, uh, because they're not even bringing those games over to North America. So uh, Nintendo doesn't care about them, and I doubt Lego would. Um, Donkey Kong is probably something that's more likely. I like Donkey Kong. I want to make Donkey Kong animations um, with Lego. So that's actually something I do have a bit of hope for. Movies and TV shows. Uh, I think, you know, I think Lego is doing a pretty good job with the superhero stuff. Mostly because that really makes sense for them to be making. Um, Because everybody loves superheroes. I love superheroes. I grew up on them. Spider-Man is literally the first movie I ever watched in theaters. And that's why I make so many Spider-Man movies. I think it's one of those, you know, Spider-Man had me young, right? So now I essentially owe my soul to the character. <laughs> as ridiculous as that might sound. But, like, movies... The thing about movies, I guess, is that most movies don't really require, like, very specific-looking characters, you know? Like, like, superheroes do because they have their costumes and stuff. But, like, if, you want, if you're trying to make, like a, like, a par- like, a Parasite Lego set, you know, you can just do that with normal Lego, like, uh, people because they're just normal people in that movie. And imagine that. Parasite in, like, three minutes. I just watched that movie again. It was pretty good. It's always good to watch. It's a great movie. One of my favorites um but i mostly like animated movies anyways like like leica uh kubo and two kubo and two strings and paranormal normally are like two of my favorite movies but i don't really want a lego set of them um as for tv shows futurama would be fun i like futurama a lot so like imagine like getting a bender minifigure (laughs) uh i know they made sesame street recently so they're probably going into more shows um what about you do you what, what, what would you want out of a lego set Probably just cause like the the video game because I think the like to see how they would make the grappling hook piece uh, that he uses would be pretty cool. Just cause I've never played that. Is it good? Um, well, it's just kind of like a, a mindless uh, shooting thing where you just like blow a lot of things up for points, kind of. But uh, the the main. Ooh, this sounds fun. <laughs> um. But uh, one of the main mechanics that they fo- focus on is like the character's grappling hook thing on his wrist, where you can like uh, connect two cars or something together with the grappling hook and then like release it from your own 
wrist and then just like merge them together to blow them up and stuff uh so it's pretty cool do you get to swing around a lot uh yeah yeah you can like uh grapple onto high places and then like parachute off buildings uh, using that mechanic and things this sounds actually like a lot of fun one of the main things i look for in a video game is the movement and that's why i like team fortress 2 so much because i play the scout he can double jump and run really fast and that's like all i need right that's also why i like the spider-man video game so much is because the movement is so much fun to move in so this sounds like a game that's like made for me if you can move around and like be creative with how like you get from place to place yeah and you can also uh like there's a gta type mechanics in there as well where you can just like take people's cars and stuff just taking people's cars imagine if people just did that in real life <laughs> this is mine now i mean they do but like not as often as it happens in gta yeah and not as easily either in gta it's all like you know you just give me your car and that's it you just throw the guy out and then the police just aren't chasing you <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but uh yeah it would be interesting to to see like uh a just cause Lego set because it's also like set in kind of a uh, jungle type uh, city kind of combination type area. So uh, it would be cool to see what kind of uh, areas they would put into the sets as well. Sounds pretty cool. I think Lego should make a lot more. Uh, they, I want them to be, stop making so many vehicle sets. That's that's what I'm looking for. I want to make. I want to see some more sceneries like they used to make, like the castles and you know nice buildings i know they make a lot now but like maybe maybe it'd be cool to get more jungle stuff more trees that weren't like a billion dollars <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say for the earthbound stuff the um like knockoff brands that make like custom figures might uh make some of those one day maybe i guess the good news about that is that those characters aren't very like uh high concept designs like you know it's just like some kid in a baseball cap and like a, a striped t-shirt you can probably make that in lego using like pure figs or pure pieces is that what they're called purist oh yeah i, I think that, purist yeah. pieces i'm pretty sure you can easily make like a nest minifigure like using already existing lego pieces i'm gonna google it right now and yeah it's possible <laughs> people have done it doesn't look that hard either. You can make sands in Lego. There's a lot of characters I like that you can make out of Lego pieces that are already existing. Cool, yeah. Um, so, in, in, uh, sorry, moving on to the the next question. Um, so, uh, do you prefer to work on the longer kind of projects like uh, Spider-Man Noir, or would you prefer to do like the weekly videos? Uh, this is very much like a grass is always greener type of question. It's like, um. You know, there would be long stretches of time where I would be spending uh, to make a lot of short videos uh, in a row. And I would like doing that until eventually, you know, I kind of start pining for a more ambitious piece like Spider-Man War. And then I make something like Spider-Man War and it's like, whoa, that took so long and I'm kind of exhausted doing that. So let's just take a break from making huge long videos and just kind of spend the next few weeks making something that's more short and easy to produce and something that's like you know fun and quick um and you know it's like a cycle right you know I, and then i and then i get back to doing that for a bit and i'm like all right you know what i've had my fun doing this but i gotta get back into making something cool and ambitious right 
and it's like i don't really have like an uh, objective preference because it's usually just depending on the context of like what i've been doing at that time you know it's like also with claymation i find uh if i spend too long make too many too many brick films in a row at some point i'll be like all right i want to get back into claymation a lot of it really is just like how i feel and a lot of how i feel is just based on what i've been doing um but there's no real preference i think personally maybe like the the long videos like spider-man war for example will probably be remembered more uh in the long run which makes sense right because they're more ambitious and they're more um and i try to make them more legitimately interesting but that doesn't mean that the short video is like you know the cat every cat you know the cat that's like flying and he destroys his owner that doesn't mean that they don't have their place too i like watching those and kind of like and kind of just uh spending a small amount of time on them because i think you need a bit of everything right because not everybody wants to watch a 12 minute video um and not everybody is content with just like these 30 second to two minute videos either the variety is nice i think that's i'm the same way too right i'm not always content watching a 12 minute video but sometimes i am uh I'm not always down to make like a movies in minutes, but sometimes I am. And that's when I make those. Like I just made Iron Man and Incredible Hulk recently. Uh, but after making those two videos back to back, I kind of realized there's a lot of dialogue I animated in this last month. In the last two months, actually. Which is why I'm making the Spider-Man video right now. It's kind of like a TV show intro. Um, but essentially every shot, I want to make like a really cool action, you know, Spider-Man shot um and this is mostly to kind of scratch that itch i've been feeling about wanting to animate like a lot of innovative fun set pieces <clears throat> i think that's a good way to describe it actually a lot of what i make is just kind of like scratching the itch i feel you know like uh i just made two i just made iron man and hulk and those were a lot of dialogue heavy pieces so now i want to make something that's more action and uh stylistic and then i'll make that and then I'll realize that it takes a lot of work. And I'm like, all right, that was fun. I'm going to make something small and easy to make next. Because that's kind of what I'm feeling, you know? It's important to, like, listen to what you want. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing the, the video anyway, the Spider-Man one. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's more so, like, um, for like I found whatever, like you're saying, like, whatever you'd be feeling at the time of making the video is, like, important because then it also shows in the video that you're making if like you're enjoying kind of making the videos that you'd be be making at that time mm -hmm. i say this a lot but like variety in what you do in both like your work and in your life is very important it's important because you always want to keep things feeling fresh so that way it doesn't get stale and that goes like beyond just like the type of videos you choose to make it also just chooses it also goes like into how you make them or how they're presented um it's good to try new things but it's also if you don't you know if you want to be if you want to stick to something that's familiar you can also do that i think you don't have to I, like at the end of the day the way i kind of think about making videos is that you know i make what i like to make and if i watch my video and i can genuinely say that i like it um then chances are like-minded people will also like it uh, regardless if it's like something that maybe they weren't expecting at the time or they want something else and it's like i don't want to put anything off the table either you know like iron man 2 spider-man war 3 uh those are on the table right now and they're going to be coming but uh, if i want to make sure that i'm enjoying making those videos too i have to also make sure that you know i do what i want to do 
um, to work up the appetite to make those videos. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, like uh, with what you were saying before as well, I forgot to uh, touch on it, but um, when you were saying like you'd um, like be kind of making um, like weekly videos and then decide you want to make something kind of a bit longer and that would take more time to make and then kind of like cycle back to the weekly stuff again. Like I've definitely had a, a similar kind of thing where like I'd spend a long time on one kind of project and then I'd find like a, it would be enjoyable at the time and then I'd realize I don't really want to get like spend months again on another project right now so then I'd go back into the weekly kind of stuff where it's like quick and uh yeah quick and fun like you were saying as well and um then just uh, recently I've kind of started to get bored of that as well so now I'm gonna start a, a longer video <laughs> again uh, so yeah yeah it's like I said it's like the grass is always greener you know <laughs> yeah on the other side whatever you're not working on is suddenly the thing that you want to be working on yeah it's really weird how brains work but you know what it, it's it's what we have and we get we just gotta adhere to it yeah it's it's also uh fun that um like the creative freedom with it as well is like part of why it, I, I enjoy it so much mm -hmm. that's also a pretty important thing i think if you if you feel like you're making what you want to make i'm pretty thankful because the stuff I want to make happens to also be the stuff that's like popular, like Marvel. Um, I feel like it's really hard to get off the ground with like original, like super original stuff. Uh, but like if you're making Marvel or Star Wars or DC films, then you have a leg up because a lot of people like those properties. And I don't think there's any like any shame to it, you know. Uh, I think a lot of people, I think there's there's like original creators who might look down on people who like latch onto IPs. But at the end of the day, I kind of I'm I'm making these Spider-Man videos because I love I like making them swing, <laughs> you know. I'm just it's pretty fortunate that a lot of other people also like to see that too. A lot of it is just circumstances. Hmm. Cool, yeah. That uh, yeah sounds pretty interesting. But um, you were talking about how like your your plans for the Spider-Man video, but um, do you have like you don't have to give anything away if you don't want to, but um. Do you have any other plans for any future videos? Uh, aside from Iron Man 2 and like the rest of the MCU um, and the Spider-Man War, there's not really much that's coming to mind. I have a few vague ideas here and there. Um, I like my cat, like that cat that I've, that I've been using in the last couple videos. Uh, I, I kind of I like that character, so I might be using them more. Um, just because cats are fun, you know? They're they're the best animal, in my opinion, because they're like, you know, everybody loves them, but they're, they can also kind of have that that side to them that's like destructive. They like pushing things down. They like knocking things over and sometimes they scratch you. But it's like, regardless of everything they put us through, we'll still love them and dote over them and wait on them hand and foot. And that's kind of like a concept that I like. Uh... Like, this cat will, like, probably be flying around the city, avoiding, like, law enforcement. But he'll still be welcome at the train station. <laughs> um, So maybe I might do more with that. I have a, like, okay, I know I, I've been saying Spider-Man a lot, but there's this, there's this, like, there's this one skit I have in mind 
about Spider-Man going to the laundry uh, about going to the laundromat, right? But his local laundromat, the one that he usually goes to, the nice one, has closed down. Uh, it might be because of the pandemic, uh, or whatever. So he has to go to this kind of run-down, dirty one instead. Um, and then hijinks ensue. And this is based off of me doing laundry in my in my city. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing. That's that's another thing that makes it kind of hard to to like come up with ideas. Is that a lot of my videos do come from personal experiences, um, like rent to pay. If that wasn't obvious, it's about you know the rent payments and how despite people no longer having a lack of income. And I'm getting political again. Sorry about this. But like how a lack of income, a lot of people were kind of just left hung out to dry. Right? They had no money to make money. Or they had no way to make money once lockdowns hit. And they're still asked to pay rent, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home 2, when Mysterio is roasting Spider-Man's living situation. Uh, that's kind of like how I feel about my own living situation right now. Like, this might be a little bit TMI, but I'm not living too great. This is kind of a cheap apartment, and there's there's many issues with it. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, huh, I don't know how I'd feel like if I had people over, if I had people saw how I lived. Uh, I feel like... You know, that's one of the reasons why I made that video. Because um, it's like, you know, the serial comes in, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear, but he says a very specific, wow, you live like this kind of line? And I'm like, huh. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think living in the city was also something that I wanted to do because it probably would have given me more ideas to make skits like that. Um, and I definitely have had, like, my share of inspirations. But, you know, being inside all day definitely does hamper a lot of that because you know you don't really get to participate in human life uh when stuff like this is going down so it can kind of be hard to draw from experiences to make new things so that's why i don't really think i have many ideas right now um aside from you know the stuff i have planned a lot of times some, some stuff just comes out of nowhere too um yeah i, I definitely am um, like just get random ideas just out of the blue as well like a like a coming out of the writer's block kind of kind of stuff after a while trying to think of something it can be hard like to like it's hard you can't really force anything i think if anything like you know if a small tiny random thought comes into your head maybe try to keep it write it down and see if you can expand on that um you don't have to like think of like an entire story in like one sitting you can kind of just think of a small concept like uh let's see a lot of my videos come from just like really small like one sentence concepts almost like i'm only i'm just gonna go through my discography real quick to 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 see where i can understand this from so like for example when i made the greatest policeman of all time uh that kind of just like i kind of just wanted to make like a fun little cop drama that was kind of like 70s inspired um and then that kind of like you know grew into what it eventually became about like this this sort of like story about these two cops who were like one was corrupted one was not i don't really know how much I've, i don't know how much of uh how much i feel about that series in the current day because i made that in 2019 um but another one i remember was vegeta must be employee of the month that actually came from one of my friend's tweets uh and she said that she had a dream where she was working with vegeta and she, and he was laughing at her because she couldn't fold clothes as fast as he could. Uh, so I so then I was like, huh, this could make a fun video. So and so from just that one concept, I was able to make like a five minute video out of it. Um, a lot of it is just like just small things that grow into 
into like longer things or like bigger things you know it's like the root of a tree and the tree grows yeah cool um hmm. yeah the like having a small idea and then expanding it into a like a, a five minute video or, or something is also like uh goes back to the like having a lot of fun with the creative control kind of thing with like making the videos well for my own experience anyway um but yeah that, that sounds pretty interesting anyway uh so i found that when and uh when i go to like write down a script for a video and then storyboard it the the idea of like what it's going to look like and everything is very uh, specific in my head and then the execution tends to be <laughs> quite different to oh, yeah. how i originally uh pictured it but um always happens i think it happens to everybody yeah um because obviously like you know our imaginations are limitless um but the truth is our resources for what we have to make are not limitless so we have to make a lot of compromises when we're bringing stuff to the to the screen so i usually just try to get it as close as i can to what i envisioned in my head but it's not always going to be one-to-one and i think that's just something everybody deals with I think like the most vividly when I can feel or when I can see the images in my head is when I'm listening to music. Um, I think music is probably one of the best inspirations because I'm pretty, I hope everybody else does this. Um, but like, you know, when I'm listening to a certain song, I can almost think of like a music video for it, like Old Town Road, for example, uh, the whole cowboy shootout. Um, and even something like for Sans Endgame, I remember listening to Mambo Number no. 5 by off topic who by the way uh rest in peace off topic um and i'm listening to the instrumental of this track and i'm just thinking like damn this is so funky this is so fun i can imagine like a really cool little skeleton battle between sands or really any skeleton um in like this in like a uh, particular dark place and it's this and then it became sans endgame um and i think the music itself actually had a lot to play or like had a big had a big impact on why i even made that video in the first place he actually uploaded the instrumental too no i was just that was just like a random thought right so um it's kind of like trying to come up with a a way to visually further tell like a a story of, of some sort yeah I think music is, is honestly I think music is literally like the thing that makes a scene memorable or iconic. Uh if you can really like you know use the music and the visuals to work hand in hand together, it can elevate the scene to like no end. And I think watching Baby Driver kind of like cemented that idea in my head. All right. Cool. Um so is there anything you'd want to um talk about bef- uh, to like finish off the the podcast? Hmm. Well, I got to say, you know, I know I complained about the pandemic and stuff, um, and that's been on my mind pretty much every day, but I have to say I am pretty thankful for being able to even be here in the first place, and I get to make videos for a lot of people who enjoy it. Um, I also talked about views and stuff and how I, you know, you should, you shouldn't like equate that to your self-worth, but if you are struggling and if you think that, you know, you're not getting the views that you want, it's I get it, you know, like if you're feeling like you're discouraged because you're not getting the attention you want, like that's a legitimate valid thing to be discouraged about. Uh, but all I can really say, you know, is that like it can be really hard to sort of separate that goal, right? You know, being viewed and having an audience. Um, but ultimately, 
you know, making videos because you enjoy it and because you want to be good at it is probably like, you know, how you really get to that point in the first place. Um, Cause I've been making videos at this point since like 2008, right? Like I had my first YouTube channel uh, when I was like nine years old, I was making claymations back there. Unfortunately that video, that, that channel no longer exists, but I do have my second channel still up on YouTube and that's called Cricking. And I was making that, I was making videos back then. Um, I was making brick films back then when I was like 10, 11, 12. Um, and I was like, I remember, yeah, like, you know, I would make a lot of videos and they weren't getting as many views and it would be discouraging. Uh, uh, eventually, I actually like ended up giving up on brick filming because, you know, I was entering high school and I was like, eh, I'm too old to do this. Uh, but thankfully, I got back into it around film school. And, you know, the whole film school experience kind of left me wanting a bit more um so i ended up dropping out and i was like well i might as well just since i'm not like one of the big reasons why i dropped out was because i felt like i wasn't making any films and i couldn't join the other students to make films because they lived in a town that was three hours away from my town um, i like i had to bus to school every morning at 5 a.m to get to my 8 a.m classes so i felt largely isolated from the rest of my peers and i wasn't able to make films with them because of that um, I can't really bring home like a $300 camera on the bus at 9 p.m. at night, especially because I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get robbed. Uh, so getting back into brick filming was a great way to sort of alleviate that. And I think I got into the right mindset when I started doing that because I started making, I started making brick films because I felt creatively frustrated with film school. Um, and I just wanted to make something. And I think it was at that point where people started to notice Weirdly enough, I wasn't looking for that attention, but I, thankfully, I did get it, and now I'm able to do it now. I'm able to do all this now because of that. I think it's important that, it's hard to separate, you know, what, like, you want and where you're coming from with your intention of your videos. But an audience can see when you're doing something only for views, and an audience can also see when you're doing something because you're genuinely passionate about what you're doing and you enjoy it. Um... But, like, again, it's a hard thing to separate, right? All I gotta really say is just, you know, just keep going. And if you're not enjoying making what you're making, then uh, maybe take a step back. Maybe take a break. And maybe come back later. It's hard giving advice, too, right? Because a lot of it is circumstances. And I feel like a lot of it, it's like, you know, I, I remember reading this one, this one guy who said, uh, this one actor, I think, he said he made it, right? But... When, he, when asked for advice for other aspiring actors or something, he said, I don't know what to tell you because it's like, say, it's like I felt like I won the lottery. I'm not going to tell you to go and just buy a bunch of lottery tickets then because, you know, chances are you're not going to win too. Uh, and that's not a fault of your own or anything. That's literally just the way the sort of YouTube platform and just the general infrastructure has been built. I don't know if there's any right way or wrong way to do things personally. I'm only just, I'm, everything that I'm saying it's just a product of like what's worked for me, but that doesn't mean it's gonna work for everybody. So it's hard saying things because it's like I don't want to ruin anybody. I don't want to ruin anybody's life or give them bad advice that doesn't work for them. You know? Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's it's actually yeah, it's it's pretty good advice. Like saying that uh, you don't really know where, uh, like what advice to give as well, mm -hmm. just because like um, because of circumstances, like you were saying. But um, thanks for uh, agreeing to. Hey man, no problem. This was a this was a fun podcast. I enjoyed talking to you.
Yeah, you too. Um, I'll leave a link to your channel and stuff in the description. But not that you made it or anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thank um, you for that. Hello, once again, and uh, goodbye, I guess, because you know it's the end of the podcast now. But um, I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. I'll leave a link to Edbound stuff in the description. So definitely go check his stuff out. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Subscribe, like, share, whatever you want to do to support the podcast. Um, And yeah, I'll see you all in the next episode. Goodbye.